He is good, and His mercy endures forever. God is good, and His mercy endures forever. There is nothing, no weapon that's ever been formed will prosper against us. Why? Because He is good, and His mercy endures forever. There's no army that can come against us. Why? Because He is good, and His mercy endures forever. There's nothing that the enemy can put against us to come against us. Why? Because He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. All that we have and all that we can say is hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory, glory, glory. Let's see, what's the word? Surreal? Is that the word? Being out here, outside? I like this. Yeah, the breeze is okay. You see the, you see the uh, I'm not going to hell bunch. Over here, no, behind you, behind you, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, you know, everybody, everybody's not going over there in that spot. You know, in, in the state of Louisiana, if you sit in the sun, that's the, and you're a Christian, that's the closest you'll ever get to hell. All right. For those of you that are not, that's probably the coolest it's ever going to be for eternity. You know, we were talking about that the other night, trying to figure out how we were going to do this and pull this thing off. And so uh, we were out here the other night, just kind of looking at it. And, and uh, we were talking about the different, you know, the do's and the don'ts, the coulds and the won'ts, and the, uh, you know, and the and, and the, the pros and the cons, and doing all that bit. And uh, somebody, it may have been Stanland or Stephen, one of them said, "Man, it gets hot enough, you know, it'd be a good place for people that don't know Jesus." It might have been Stephen. Was it Stephen? Good place for people who don't know Jesus. Was it you, Jeremy? Okay. A good place for those who don't know Jesus. You, uh, Come and get saved. I don't know. It's my best on the fly impression of you. Yeah, I almost got down on my knees. So what you gotta do? We love you, Jeremy. Yeah, we do love Jeremy. Everybody loves Jeremy, right? And I look, and I just want to take a minute to thank everybody that put their hands on trying to put this together at the last minute. We did. We started this. What was that? Was that Friday night? Friday night. Uh, I called Stephen, I think on Tuesday, and I said, this is what I'm kind of thinking we might do, you know, and didn't really make a decision till Thursday. Everybody was working on Friday, so Friday night. So if you, you help us out, thank you very much. Let's give them all kind of like a little round of applause. So our last, our last few messages have been intriguing, to say the least. Uh, the message before last is... Uh, we had Paul, Paul's been preaching on, you know, repentance and a call for repentance to where he just feels this drive and this, how far can I, oh, y'all gave me some more, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Almost like having a handheld. Look at that. Yeah. I feel like hell. Oh. I'm sorry. It's just in my blood. You know, my uncle does Elvis impersonations. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in my blood. I got to kind of, I like holding the mic in, 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 in the cord. Flip that cord around like that, you know. Flip that cord. Anyway, Paul's calling for repentance. That we should have a heart that's seeking out the repentance. To, to help bring that repentance to the people that we come in contact with. And then Matt Lede last week, my Lord, what a message, yeah. huh? Yeah. What a message on, on faith and, and, and how we're not just supposed to sit back and just, just let God do everything. We have an active part that we're supposed to take yeah. in this thing. That it's, 
you know, he didn't say it this way, but it's essentially the natural and the super coming together to perform the supernatural with each other. You know, God needs us just as much as we need him. I'm going to say it again. God needs us just as much as we need him. Yeah, right. He does. We have an active part to play in this role. Yeah. Your role is not just one to sit around. Your, your role is not one just to sit back and, 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 and hope and pray that maybe one day something will change. No. Your role is to take an active part in your salvation. The Bible says with joy shall we draw waters from the wells of salvation. You don't draw water by just simply standing by the next to a well. You have to pull the water out. Right. I mean, we got a well system at the house that we don't use because there's a lot of silt in it. But if I ever had to use it, all we do is you go out there and you have to turn it on because there has to be a pump to pull all that water out. It is working. We are the ones that are supposed to pump out our own salvation. We're the pumps that just sit there and draw on that thing to pull that thing out. We have an active part to play. It was a fantastic message. I was just blown away. Blown away by his message. So I came to God and I said, all right, we're going to be outside. What is it that we're going to have to do, Lord? What is it we're going to talk about? Because I can't talk for three hours because they're going to get too hot. You know, everybody's going to get hungry and I ain't feeding nobody today. So, you know, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to do it? And he reminded me of something real simple. Faith works by love. And then it's the love or the goodness of God that causes men to repent. And so this morning, for what little time we've got left today, for this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about God's love, not only towards us, but the love that we're supposed to use towards others. Amen? So, y'all remember in uh, in Matthew chapter 6, it says, uh, look to the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Y'all remember that? The birds of the air, and then you look at the uh, the uh, lilies of the field, they neither toil nor, nor spin, but the Lord will raise them and takes care of them. And then he goes on to say that, he goes on to say, to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things that you're looking for will be added. Everything that we're looking for is added if we seek you first and seek first the kingdom of God. And so in our seeking, we have to understand what the kingdom of God truly is. You know, so whenever you talk about a kingdom, you talk about the king and his domain is what that means. The word kingdom is king's domain, his domain, his way of doing stuff. If you have a new king, like we have a new king that's being, well, I say we do, they do, they have a new king that's being installed and coronated in England. His mama passed away. Charles is going to be the king. Now that he moves in, there's going to be a change in some of the ways that they do things because you have a new king who is going to establish his kingdom, his kingly domain, his way of doing things, his way of stepping through things. And so you'll see and you'll start to hear that, that little little things in their culture are going to change. You know, we're not going to do it this way. We're going to do it that way. You know, the, uh, I think one of the simplest things is to look at the Queen's Guard. They're no longer going to be called the Queen's Guard. They're going to be called the King's Guard. Why? Because there's a new king that's establishing his kingdom. And we have a king. His name is Jesus Christ. He's Jesus. He died and on the third day he rose again so that you and I didn't have to walk and live a life that's less. We didn't have to walk and live a life that didn't have enough. That we could have a life that's full, a life that's enough. And one day when we finish our race and our course, we'll be able to look at him and see him. And live on in eternity with him. He is the king. Yeah. 
He is the king and he has a kingdom. He has a way of running and operating in his dominion. And the first and foremost thing in his dominion is love. So seek ye first the kingdom of God, which includes his love and all of these things to be added to you. It's just real simple. I mean, it's, it's an active role that we have to take because to operate in God's love and to use God's love and to share God's love, we have to play a part. We have to put on a facade, maybe, maybe that's not the right word, but we have to put on a countenance. We have to put on a way about us. If you remember, if you remember Moses, whenever Moses went up to the, uh, to the mountain and he spent 40 days in the mountain, when he came down, his face shone so bright because he had been in the presence of God. His countenance had, countenance, excuse me, had changed because he was in the presence of God. And because his countenance had changed, he was shining so bright, they put a veil over his face because people couldn't stand to look at him. He was too bright to even look at because he had spent so much time working in, staying in, in the presence of the king and his dominion. Right. Is this making sense? Yeah. Are y'all with me here? So there's a change in our countenance that happens. So we actively, actively must allow, must allow that countenance, that change, that is only inside of us to show on the outside. Jesus said the way that you'll know what a tree is, is by the food fruit that's dangling off of it. How do you know that that's a pine tree? Got, got pine cones on it. Pine straw. It's a pine tree. Got pine coming on there. Why? The fruit that it puts off says what it is. And it's the same thing in the Christian life. If we don't put off the right fruit, they can't even tell who you are. Right. If you don't put off the right fruit, they can't even tell who you are. You look the same, you sound the same, you act the same. There is no different fruit. They look to go pick the fruit, and there ain't nothing there but the same old stuff. Right. Right. Now Galatians chapter 5 tells us that the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. That's 522. I know y'all look it up on, on the screen up there. <laughs> Come on, Michael. Get it up. Get it up. <laughs> Those are the fruits of the Spirit. But not only the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, but the fruits of the Spirit of you. A born again, recreated, brand new creation whose Spirit has been mixed with God's Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, you now are a tree that produces those fruits. Right. And I'm not talking about your conduct. I'm not saying your conduct needs to be a particular way. Jesus himself went and spent time with the taxpayers. Jesus himself spent time with the sinners. He walked in on them on purpose. However, when he came in the room and when he was in that place, there was something different about him. What was so different? The fruit that was coming off of that tree as he stepped into the room. Love stepped in the room. Joy and peace stepped in the room. I like how they say sometimes, you know, that we're, we're, uh, we're not thermometers, we're thermostats, right? We're not there to tell what the temperature of the room is, we're there to change the temperature of the room. That's what we're called to do. Jesus said in, in John chapter 13, 35, I'm not going to open my Bible because I'm, I'm kind of toting it around. But I guess I'm going to preach with it, I'll do it that way. I'm supposed to shake it at them, right? 
What you laughing at, boy? I got you. John chapter 13 says that Jesus said to his disciples, a new commandment I'm going to give you. That you love each other as I have loved you. And if you think about how Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me this time. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. It's a real simple song, but how often do you really think about how much Jesus loves you? How often do you really sit back and and digest what he's doing for you on a constant basis? Occasionally. Occasionally. That's absolutely correct. Yes, sir. Occasionally. And that's probably more often than most of us. When I have an occasion. That's pretty good. I like that. Jesus said, you're just supposed to love them like I love you. And most Christians, and I'm not talking about the group here because everybody showed up and y'all all sitting outside in the sun and being all sweet and kind. So I ain't, I ain't talking about y'all. But most people don't even agree 100% that God loves them unconditionally. Most Christians are still trying to live up to some sort of precedent stand set by somebody either themselves or somebody else, to live up, to be good enough for God to love me. And I'm here to tell you right now, He loved you when you were unlovable. He loved you when you didn't even know who He was. He loved you before you were even formed in your mama's womb. He loved you before you even got here. He loves you even after He knows what you're doing. And He even loves you today, even if you're not walking and living for Him. Or if you're just living for Him and just doing everything in the world you're supposed to do. He still loves you the exact same way He did back then. Before you even got here. His love is completely unconditional. We go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and there's the love chapter that they call it. And you start going through 13, you start in verse 4, and it talks about what love is and the attributes of love. And towards the end, this is in verse 9, I think, or it may be the, the first part of verse 8, it says that love never fails. Y'all know this one? Never runs out, never runs dry. Love never fails. And most of us have used that throughout our lifetime and, and our, our lifetime and our, our lives as Christians. We use that to say, well, if I walk in love, if I do my part, then all the stuff that I'm believing God for is going to be mine. Right? And so, therefore, if I do what love tells me to do, then I won't fail to obtain what I'm trying to attain. Is it just me or is it... Am I the only one that thinks that way? Okay. So... That's something that I've even, you know, I've even preached and I'm halfway dancing around it today. That if you walk in love, yes, love does fuel your faith and your faith will work. But love is not necessarily a work that we have to do to try to obtain the blessings of God. It's not something you work for. It's something you do. You know? But the Bible tells us that that love will never fail. Whenever, whenever Paul was penny. The love of God would never fail. That love will never fail. He was attempting to tell us that that love will never stop. That God's love to you, to me, to the world will never stop. And we all know this in 1 John chapter 4. It tells us that God is love. 
That not only does he have it and operate in it, but that is what he is. If you go to God and you say, hey, what are you? What are you, God? He's going to pop back and go, I'm love, is what I am. I'm love. That's why he was able to answer Moses, I am that I am. Why did he say, I am, sent you? Because I am is everything that you need, which is found and rooted in love. You know, how, how, how does love work? Love says, hey, what you need? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get It's active. In fact, if you take a look at 1 Corinthians 13, if you look in the uh, King James Version, the translators of King James took the word agape and turned it into charity because they knew that this love was not a passive love, but that it was something that was supposed to be active. It was something that was supposed to be, be acted upon, that people were to do this thing that they were calling love. So they didn't want to just use the word love. They wanted to use charity, which makes us, in our modern vernacular, think that we are doing something for someone. Love is patient. It's kind. Not because you're being patient and kind for yourself. You're being patient and kind for the folks around you so that there's something different about you so they will eventually say, hey, why are you so nice? Why are you being so kind? Yeah. What makes you different? And now we have a perfect opportunity to do what? To share. To share Jesus. To have them, to open up an opportunity for them to come into the kingdom of God. To join us. The, uh, I mean, I gotta, I get in the notes. Y'all forgive me. Everybody good? Is it hot yet? Y'all sweating? I am. Yeah, I am. Well, I'm in the shade. It's good. A little vitamin D ain't never hurt nobody. In the sunlight, vitamin D or is it D? Yes, D. D. Sunny D. My son, y'all. Straight up. Now tell me. Gosh. I mean, that's good work. It is. It is. Sunny D. That's how you remember. Got to move the sunglasses off because I cannot see. Uh, any of you know what I'm talking about? The older you get, the harder it is to, to see stuff. And your arms aren't long enough. And can't see anything. And start doing this or either this. Yeah, it's just pretty bad. So we're going to go over this and then we're going to get going, I think. I think. This is from a guy by the name of Henry Drummond, and I've said this before here, and I'm, I'm going to probably say it for a long time. Uh, Henry Drummond wrote a book called The Greatest Thing in the World, and it's talking about love. And uh, what he does is he, 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 brings, he brings the point that, that, that God's love is like light, and if you pass light through a prism, you see the colors of the rainbow. So inside the light, the white light that we look at is all the colors of the rainbow. All the colors are there. He says it's the same thing with God's love. That in God's love are all the different pieces of God's love. Graciousness, kindness, you know, goodness. Those things are all in God's love. And uh, it's a great book. It's a good read. It's, it's real small. Uh, if you need a copy of it, let me know. Uh, it's easy to get. But in there, he has this quote, and uh, it's kind of lengthy, but I, I think it bears, it bears us uh, looking at today. And this is within the this was in the this is within the uh, the vein of you know thinking about whenever I said that Jesus you know will walk into an area, walk into a room, and the room would change because he was in there, right? Where love is, God is. 
Where love is, God is. So I'd say the inverse is true, too. Where love isn't, neither is God. Where love is, God is. He that dwells in love dwells in God because God is love. Now he's quoting 1 John chapter 4 when he says that. Therefore love, he's telling us to do this, without distinction, without calculation, without procrastination, which some of us do, we need to love. Lavish it upon the poor where it's very easy, especially upon the rich who often need it the most. Most of all, upon our equals, where it is very difficult, and for whom perhaps we each do least of all. There is a difference between trying to please and giving pleasure. Give pleasure. Lose no chance of giving pleasure. For, for that is the ceaseless and anonymous triumph of a truly loving spirit. Spirit, I shall pass through this world but once. Any good thing, therefore, that I can do, or any kindness that I can show to any human being, let me do it now. Let me not defer it nor neglect it, for I shall not pass this way again. Amen. We have an absolute 100% job to do in Christ. He's not here to work for us. We're here to work for Him. Right. Yeah. Although we're the, we are kings, and there's no question that He set us up at kings. He is the king of the kings. And so the king of the kings commanded his disciples to love others like he loved them. We should never pass up the opportunity to share God's love wherever we go. Every room that we walk in, every time we go to the grocery store, every step that we take, every move that we make. Be watching you. We should be walking in God's love. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, in verse 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. I can guarantee you, guarantee, I guarantee you, that if you begin to be patient and kind, you'll start to see that your faith begins to work like never before. You'll start to find out that whenever you go places and whenever you've been somewhere, people start making, making testimony about the goodness of God and repenting for whatever their lifestyles have been. I can guarantee you that nothing but salvations will follow you everywhere you go. If you just be patient and kind, I can promise you that your body will line up. Your finances will line up. Your life will be just fine just by doing those two things. When we begin to walk in love, we begin to walk in God. And everywhere we go, He goes. Every step that we're taking, He is taking with us. Nothing can stop a Christian that understands that they are God's love and that they show God's love everywhere that they show up. If you do those two things, I promise you, health will not be a problem. Money will not be a problem. Salvation will not be a problem. Your faith will work. You won't have to sit back and look for a breakthrough. You can just go ahead and live and be the breakthrough. You can live it. It can be a lifestyle of all you do is walk in the goodness and the mercy of God. Yeah. So love, because you never pass this way again. We get one shot.
Let's all stand. Father, today we purpose to walk in love. Father, we purpose to pledge ourselves to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. Father, today we say that from no, no longer will we try to do it our way, but we'll do it your way. That we will seek first your kingdom, your ways, and we'll walk in them. We pledge, Lord, that every place we go, we will spread your love like nobody's business. We'll throw it around like it's like it's rice at a wedding. Amen. We'll just toss it everywhere we go. Because we know, Father, that nothing is better than your love. Nothing is better than your goodness. Nothing is better than you. And there's no there's no greater gift we can give to any of our fellow humankind. Show them God's love. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity, the opportunities that you give us. We thank you, Lord. We will not take them lightly because we will not ever pass this way again. In Jesus' name. Now, I know most of you. I know most of you really pretty good. But I'm feeling led to do this, so we're going to do it. If, if you're feeling like you've been dry, let's get that over with feeling dry and spent that you feel like you feel like this that you just you just dry I'm doing all I can do and it's not enough um, let's let's close our eyes because I don't want nobody to be inhibited